Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Touchdown, Titans! There are no flags on the field! It's a miracle! What's going on, everybody? Sam here, joined with Nick. Titans and Filthy, Music City Miracles. We're here. It's a, it's another victory podcast, which is awesome. I don't think that I've ever had such a victory podcast to where I've been as depressive as I am. Like, so I went into my work office, Nick, and the news broke. I'm sitting there. I work with a lot of a, uh, a lot of college graduates, and like they're all female right now. So like they're all like in the office gossiping. Usually I'm in my own zone, like in my own office. So like I go in there, they're all in there. Literally, I ball, I, I lay on the ground, I ball up in the fetal position, and every single one of them is like, "Oh, so you heard about Henry?" They all know. <laughs> they know. Like when you, when I tell you that it was probably the most like when it was the most like bittersweet victory in the world. Thank God we got it, and he helped us get it because if not, then we that we would be in a very, very weird situation right now, but it was a, it was a weird victory Monday. Yeah. It was like one of those, um, it's funny. Like when you, you're a big football fan, kind of like what you were saying and not everybody else is quite on your level. Yep. Like I dropped my daughter off for daycare and you know, her old teacher's like, Oh, the Titans had a good game. I was like, yeah, but did you see about Derek? She's just like, no, like who's Derek? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, I'm just trying to chop it up with this old lady, but she wasn't having it. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least at least they they didn't announce they let us have Sunday night to like revel in that win because it was an awesome win. That was like it kind of felt like getting over a proverbial hump, you know, you know, sweeping the Colts. Um, some of those plays that happened at the end of the game to the Colts usually happened to the Titans. And we almost yep. it almost happened with the pass interference and everything, yep. but they pulled it out. So many injuries. So, you know, the AFC South was ours to have. So they let us have that night. But yeah, the news on Monday morning was just and you know, I kind of was shaming Schefter and Rappaport too. Schefter leading off with the potentially season ending. Yeah. Like really, really trying to get everybody riled up and get those clicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just super deflating. And it really it's a bummer because, yeah, I do want to talk about, you know, a great game that we played against the Colts. But at the same time, like this, this is really a turning point in our season a little bit. Yeah, it was it was rough to see. I mean, 
I, I like uh, when I went back and actually watched the uh, watched the victory speech. I, I think I posted it a couple of days late, actually, whenever I actually saw it, because I think the Titans may have posted it a little later than, or I missed it. But you can you can tell that he's already gotten the news, and he's trying his best to be as positive with everything going on. And you can tell that Vrabel, because Vrabel acknowledged Derek Henry in every single one of these victory speeches. Yep. And then the fact that he was like, I know that I probably should be like, and you know, Derek stepping up there, getting that big fourth down. We always ride your back. You always get us there. Like he couldn't do it. And Henry's face, like he's clapping for Bullock and all that stuff, but there's no like heightness. No. And it's also the first victory speech that I saw where he didn't even break the team down. Like Jeffrey Simmons had to break it down. You could tell mm-hmm. he was, he was so hurt. And, like, when you go back and watch that, you can tell that he cares so much. And it was absolutely heartbreaking to watch. And it's just one of those situations where you know that if there is if there is a 1% chance, a 0.01% chance that he can make this thing happen and be back. Because if we're being completely honest, because of the situation we're in, I, I wouldn't – I probably would not be surprised if we – we'll probably give that number one seed up. And so, if, yeah. we're in a, if we're in a position where, like, we have to play like that week one, he's going to do everything he can. If he can't be back for week one, if we're able to kind of get to that week – to that divisional round, he's going to do everything everything he can to be back. And the way that he's built, I would not be surprised whatsoever. Yeah, I think um... – I mean, just look at what he did too, right? Like he hurt, he had like 20 plus carries after he initially hurt it. So he gets, you know, eight to 10 weeks of rest. I feel like he's going to like make, make Vrabel activate him to put him in. Like I think, and, and, you know, that was another thing. I feel like people were pretty critical of the coaching staff and none of us know what was going on in the sidelines, but it's also hard if the training staff evaluate training staff knows that he's got foot pain, they don't know he's got a broken bone. And a lot of that comes down just to like, you know, your pain threshold and like, you know, how are you feeling? And he's probably just like, yeah, I'm good. I got it. And so, you know, maybe they thought it was a foot sprain or something like that and didn't realize it until it came off. So yeah, I get like, maybe you wanted to be extra cautious, but if he had already broken the bone, like, I think that was, that was, I don't know how much damage doesn't sound like a lot of damage was done by putting them back in there. And that's just such a hard thing to gauge. Yeah. But if, if I'm, you know, there's a lot of speculation on what timelines are and everything, depending on where we are, like you said, we might give up the one seed, although AFC is weird, man. I, I guess the bills would be the most likely to run away with it. Um, but if we could keep pace, you know, we're playing some bad teams, get the tiebreaker against them. But otherwise, as long as we clinch the playoffs, I think, just let, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we'll get him back a couple games at the end of the season, get him his legs. I, th- I think just completely let him rest. Oh, yeah. Because I, I did see some stats, like, if you come back after, like, right after eight games, there's a higher risk of, you know, re-injuring it. But if you, like, get past ten games, you're, you're good to go. So I think just – I think we can we can manage without him, um, you know, adding Danta and, and AD – I think I think we'll be all right. But yeah, and we'll see. in my in my head, in my head, it kind of plays out to where the storyline would kind of be. Uh, Derek Henry kind of he got, you know, them talking and they're like sitting there talking about his whole injury, and they're like, to be honest with you, like he got hurt just at the perfect time because it was right there at that it was right there at that mark where he got that ten weeks off, and then he got to yeah. come back and he got to be Derek Henry. That was me being Michael Irvin, but. Uh, <laughs> So like it just kind of it'll kind of work out in that situation. But if if we're smart about it, then um, he can actually come back and be productive and be himself and not have to. Because you don't want to you don't want Derek Henry playing cautious. That's just not how he. That's not it's not Derek Henry. He's not gonna do it, and then he will put himself in a bad situation mm-hmm. back a little earlier than he probably should have, and not be able to work himself back in. We're not worried about him being in shape. That ain't a problem. Like we're not worried about his strength. If it, like, if anything, we're just. I sat on here and talked to you, and uh, I want to say this whenever we interviewed Joe uh, about the Chiefs game, and I talked about how I how literally my my leg they're not as muscular, but they're my legs are 
or bigger round than Derrick Henry's. And I talked about this. And so he may actually come back and literally look like a SpongeBob character, the muscle <laughs> guy from SpongeBob. He may yeah. be that big on the top and that small on the bottom just because of how he is. And I don't know how he does it, but he's so freaking strong with like with like the way that his legs are kind of shaped. And I don't think his legs may his legs uh, just so everybody's listening to this, his legs are probably bigger than mine. Let's say let's not be crazy. But he's his top half is so big that he makes his bottom half look like he's literally one of those guys where you see you're like, bro, <laughs> skip leg day. Like that's yeah. that's <laughs> what I think about when I see Derek Henry every all the time working out. But he's all, every time we watch his workout videos, he's working his legs. I don't understand. Right. <laughs> no, yeah, he's he's the guy that you say skip leg day in your head. You don't actually say it aloud to them because oh, they no. probably kick no. your ass. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's and I don't think you know the. I, I mean, I expressed concern about the amount of carries he was getting, but I don't think that that was like it was a foot injury. I think if anything is to blame is that shitty turf um, in Indianapolis. Um, it just looked terrible out there. But yeah, it it's. It's hard. That was a lot of things people jump to. He's getting too many carries, and maybe he was, but I don't think a foot injury is is uh, necessarily correlated to that. So I don't know. Maybe getting him healthy at the end of the you know going into the playoffs that could be that could be pretty huge. So what comes down to now is can the Titans make it work without him? Because the tough part is, I mean, he's basically their offensive identity, right? Like he's, he's the key cog and what drives everything for play action. And, and, you know, play action does, you don't need a, you know, the the stats say you don't need a great um, running back to have effective play action, but the Titans are also used to facing stacked boxes and they won't see that anymore. So they have to, they're going to have to revamp their offense. So I think, uh, I think they can do it. Um, I think Downing, even though he's been a little slow at times to get going, you know, he, he, he did find his groove. The next couple of games could be rough as they try to like feel their way through like the post Derrick Henry world. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's also kind of like exciting. Like, Oh man, are they just going to open it up now? Like the, like not, not that I, I want to move away from what we were doing with Derrick Henry, but it, it kind of right. opens up the possibilities and what we could see. Like it, they could go any route they want. I'm, I'm assuming they're going to kind of do the same thing, but who knows? Yeah. They're going to want to kind of, they're going to want to kind of pound it a little bit. i tell you what, I, it would have been extremely nerve wracking, except for, I, I think that it puts us in a very good position to be able to kind of handle the, uh, the Saints game is going to be a little bit different now with Jameis out. And I know that um, I forgot who was their back. Uh, Trevor Simeon is their backup now, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I like, think, I think he, Taysom's back though now. Oh, uh, Taysom back. Taysom's I heard he was out still. Sure. But yeah, but may, so I thought it was. Yeah, maybe. But I, so I mean, it puts us in a different. It puts in a little bit of position in that game. But for this LA game, the closer for some reason, the closer we get to it, the more I'm like, you know what? We may actually be able to kind of make some things kind of happen against against that team, but there's a um, the, our defense, the way our defense is kind of played, and been and like the way that Detroit hung in there with like the Rams and the things that they were kind of doing on defense to kind of slow things down. And Matt Patricia, like, well, not Matt Patricia, but like the whole like the way that they were able to kind of scheme to kind of slow down uh, golf in order to get like the ball to coop and stuff like that. You're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to stop Matt Stafford, but you can kind of slow him down. So, whatever it kind of takes to kind of put them in a position where I'm not really. Everybody's worried about Henderson and stuff like that, and like their running game. I, when it comes to the Titans, I'm not worried about anybody running on us that much. I'm worried about the over the top stuff. And then they just cut Deshaun Jackson. So, yeah. Yeah, Cooper Cup has been insane this year. Him and him and Stafford, that connection is legit. <clears throat> It'll be interesting. Like, I think people are writing this game off maybe a little too hard. Like, I I'd said, you know, the Lions were beating the Rams going into the fourth quarter just two weeks ago. And, yeah, the, the Rams are on a good little streak now. But, I mean, let's see. They faced the Texans, the Lions, the Giants, and the Seahawks were their last four games. That That is not an impressive slate. So, they haven't been playing anybody. Yeah, who you playing? And so and I, I, the I don't think there's a big gap. Yeah, and and I don't think there's a big gap between us without Henry and those. You know, I think 
we're better than those teams, even without Henry. So, um, I mean, if people are saying no way the Titans win this game, then they just haven't been watching Titans football. Cause this is like their, their, you know, their favorite time to shine is with their backs against the wall. Now, you know, there's, like we said, there's with, with Henry out, that's a huge variable that we don't really know how that's going to play out just yet. So it could be a little bit of a different situation, but you know, I've seen some people say, Oh, just take the L sit your guys, get healthy. Yeah. Can you imagine can you imagine saying that to Rabel's face? Get he out of just, here. He would you throw would, up out of disgust. They, the people that have said that would not. They'd be like, hey, no. we, we're pulling for you for the Saints. I can hear it now. But then they want to get on tight Twitter. And they'd be the same people. If we go out to L.A. and Ryan Tannehill throws for uh, four TDs and we win the game, or three TDs and AP runs for one and we find a way to – and we pull this thing out, one, I don't I, – I probably won't get on Twitter the next day because everybody's going to be – it's going to be toxic as hell because everybody's going to be like, oh, man, see, you see what happened when you sleep? Because yeah. I, got some, I got some friends of mine that I love dearly that are on Twitter that automatically would be like, that's why you, do, that's why you need to pass on first down. I can hear them now. I can hear mm-hmm. them now. But at the same time, whenever you're in a certain situation like that, I wouldn't say it's more about the fact that we may have to throw the ball a little bit more. Yeah, definitely bet – since we're on Sam and Nick's game in the corner, definitely bet the over on uh, pass attempts by Ryan Tannehill. Do that. But yeah. uh, if we were to pull it out, you got to realize that the Rams right now, they're probably in a little bit of a limbo on what it is that you kind of have to game plan for whenever you play the Titans. So it does give you a little bit of an advantage there. But if we were, if we do pull it out, just realize that there are certain things that the Titans are going to be able to do that they – that they normally wouldn't do because it's not really in their forte. So it does open up a few things. That's why I would have really liked to have, um, I would have really liked to have seen like uh, when we were talking about the trade deadline, I would like to see like, you know, maybe like a golden tape or somebody like kind of come in just, just a little bit like to open up the slot. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Westbrook, Westbrook and King's been doing fine. He's not that bad. Marcus Johnson is like, he has flashes, he, but he's young. He may actually develop. Who would have thought that in the NFL, some players that are young need to develop? I know we don't do that anymore, but he's not young though. He's twenty-seven. He's been around. Ah. That's that's an old man today. Ah, may, ah, maybe, but <laughs> I, we just signed a thirty-six. He's, he's young. So. He's young in terms of mileage. He hasn't. He hasn't gotten a lot of run. He's got some fresh legs, I guess. My um, leg. My legs are more worn than he is, and when it comes yeah. to playing football, let's put it that way. <laughs> so, hey, I'm sure that he can. Uh, I'm sure that he he still can produce, but there's a there's a lot there's a lot of opportunity that we can kind of do and a lot of creative stuff. I'm I think that us as fans we're really anxious to see what we come up with when it comes to creativity with what we have. And I know that Ravens kind of got a game plan for it. I, I, there's a good chance AP only runs for he may let's say he runs for 50 yards, but we're able to kind of move the ball through the air. He still might end up with two titties. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do, because on one hand, it really does feel like they're gearing up to go Derrick Henry light, right? Like with two aggressive, strong runners in AD and Foreman, it kind of seems like we're going to do the same thing, just maybe not as effectively, um, which, you know, I get you, you don't want to shake up your entire offense at this point in the season, but at the same time, Running in the stacked boxes really only worked that well because you had Derrick Henry. Right. Like if you're gonna keep sending AP or Foreman into stacked boxes over and over again, they're the likelihood of them busting a Henry run. It, it it's there's it's not high. Um, so it's almost like you hope that they don't stack the box because I think our offensive line is so good at, at running at run blocking that if you know we can get uh, AD against you know. You know, a regular front, he might be able to do more damage. Um, but if they just continue to stack the box and, you know, we play the same offense, it might be a little difficult. Um, but at the same time, I can't really see them, you know, changing drastically to a spread offense or anything, you know, like just air raiding it or something like that, just because that's not really who they are. And I don't think right. at this point in the season, to your credit, that's, you know, that's to your point. I think that's why I wanted to get another receiving weapon because you could open up the passing game a little more. Um, 
the fact that they haven't kind of seems like they're going to, you know, stick to what's been working and, you know, hope they can still be effective. So we'll see. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the first couple of games out of the gate are a little rough. So I'm already preparing for overreaction central. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if we only score like 17 points these next couple of games or something like that. What, um, so Adrian Peterson, I would say, other than Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson, whenever I talk, when I think about running backs that are just in like, that are just kind of built weird that when it comes to being like a machine type, it's AP, it's AD all day. So mm-hmm. whenever you think of Adrian Peterson, like, you think that, do you think that he's in like the kind of shape to where he's going to be able to come in and probably, uh, he's, he's going to be, able, he's not going to be able to, you know, take as many snaps, but it, it doesn't matter anyway, because if it ever gets to third down, we, we pulled, we pulled Derek anyway with McNichol. So mm. you think you think he's going to be able to come in there and kind of have the snap count that's kind of needed to kind of do his thing. I would love for him to come in and just go off, just get, just get a hundred yards and call it a day. But, um, I don't know what kind of shape he's in. I don't think he has that top end burst that he used to. I can't remember what the exact stat was, but I saw he hadn't had a run over 20, I think 20 yards or something in the past three years. Um, I think what realistically he will be ideally is, you know, just a good, you know, get 4.2 yards of carry, just solid, move the ball. Um, don't get hit behind the line of scrimmage, you know, break, break a tackle or two. Um, I mean, that's what we needed too, because with McNichols and then Evans, we didn't have a guy who could run between the tackles. And actually, I liked what Foreman did last year too. I thought, I kind of thought he was like a little Derrick Henry. You know, he's what, 6'1, like 230. He's, he's a big boy too. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I think they, I mean, the Titans are a team that really likes to stick to their identity, right? And that, a lot of that is hard nose, hard nose running. And I think they made it really clear that they want to continue that even without Henry by signing two hard-nosed runners in AD and uh, Foreman. So I think, you know, they're going to continue to try to wear down defenses with that and then play off uh, play action. Um, you know, I think that's part of it too. It's not only do they want to run the ball, but they think that they're most effective when their play action is rolling. And the best, best way to do that is to keep running the ball like they have been. So yeah. we'll see. I think if, I think if AP comes in, and his first three runs, he can gain, he can have an average of four yards a carry. It'll be enough for them to respect it. Yeah. And if they can, if they have to respect the run, then I think that it makes a complete difference on how the game goes. Mm-hmm. So if he can go in there and he can do that, then Freeman can kind of come in and spell him. And then if Freeman goes for 3.5, it's like, okay, listen, like obviously they're still going to have a little bit of running game and we can't get away from it. My only concern, it's not my only concern playing the Rams, but one of my concerns is when you got Aaron Donald and then you add Von Miller uh, at the front, it's just so hard because now, like, you can, now you can't really run away from anything. And you can't, like, so it puts you in a spot and you want to run play action, but as soon as you get done pulling the ball away from your running back stomach, you got – you got AD blowing snot, booger. He's coming. And then you got Von Miller, who now knows that he's on a team that can contend for a Super Bowl. I guarantee you he's going to have a resurgence. So it's a real – he's going to – Von Miller will probably have a sack on on Sunday, Sunday night. I'll, I'll probably go ahead and put that out there because it's just kind of written in the NFL storybooks the way that they kind of make things happen. He's going to do it. So I did it, see – McVay was like noncommittal that he was going to play, though. He's like, we oh, gotta get him in here and see how the ankle. Because I mean, he didn't, he hasn't played like the last week or two because of his ankle. Oh wow! So maybe, maybe they'll, you know, kind of write the Titans off, you know, for being Henryless. Like uh, they want to get him right for the stretch. So that that would be nice if they do that, and not have to face him and Aaron Donald. Yeah. Because listen, I, I, I I'm worried that. for my boy Dylan because Nate da- Nate Davis has got the concussion. My boy Dylan, that that one play, like he just. Like didn't move his feet, just slowly <laughs> turned his head as a lineman ran by him for the sack. Like, oh my god, he's not even gonna get out of his stance before Aaron Donald has his arms around. He's gonna Canada. pancake. He's gonna pancake him. Like, uh yeah. You want to talk and, about? And you know, we've been talking about 
the threat of Tannehill get hurt. Last week was the first time, like, it was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Like, that he, uh, like, the rolling his neck around and hobbling. It's a long season. He he's taken some huge shots. That dude gets should get some credit for how tough he is. As but. soon as he got popped, and that's all, and like his head hit the ground, man. Like I was like, I was like, oh snap! I was like, I was like, what happened to him? Like, blah, blah. like I was like, oh maybe it's just a stinger, or whatever. <clears throat> and like my my girl's like, oh no, like his head bounced off the damn gum ball, uh, bounced off the turf. It looked like a basketball. I'm like, oh don't tell me that because that's concussion protocol rise a bat. But man, it's so. It's so scary whenever that – I think the pressure coming off the inside is worse than it is coming off the outside because the inside guys, they land on you. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's how Baker got hurt. And, like, when they get on that – Stafford can attest to it. The best sound bite in NFL history was Stafford when his shoulder popped out, had to go to the sideline to call timeout to come to game and wins the game. Like, those in those interior guys, when they pop you and they get to land on you, it's rough, man. He's been mm-hmm. taking some lick. And let me tell you, and this is a very unpopular thing I'm going to say. Uh-oh. If we had a completely healthy football team right now and Ryan Tannehill got hurt, I think that we would be in a worse position than if Derek Henry got hurt. I don't think – well, if that's unpopular, then I guess we're both in the same boat because I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just as great as Henry is, there's a reason why, and I think that the the name of the trophy or the award is dumb, but most valuable player is always a quarterback because quarterback's the most important position probably all the sports, let alone football. Yep. Like, it, you know, you, you touch the ball every single play, you're a distributor, you get everybody else involved. I think the drop off from Tannehill to Woodside is much greater than from Henry to, you know, a running back by committee. Yeah. And, you know, you can kind of scheme around losing a running back. You can't scheme around having a backup quarterback. I mean, you can do, you can do some stuff to get creative, but the talent level from starters to backups is so stark. Um, yeah, that's and you know, there's been a lot of talk, you know, a lot of stats that have shown that Henry really took off once Tannehill got here. Um, so Tannehill's he's gotten a lot of flack, I feel like, from Titans fans this year. And you know, to be fair, like he's made oh. probably some uncharacteristic interceptions and had some real bad plays, but I think on the whole, he's still done a good job, and all you know, the advanced statistics still like him in terms of efficiency and stuff. So um I think he can clean up his game a little bit, but on, I mean, he's had a lot of game winning drives and when he has been bad, he's very good at bouncing back. You know, he'll throw an interception and then next time he gets the ball, he leads, he, you know, goes drives down for a touchdown because, you know, a lot of guys, you know, we saw it with past Titans quarterbacks, you have one interception and it starts to unravel real quick and it's, it's all downhill from there. But Tannehill seems like a guy who like, throws it and forgets it and moves it's on to the next play so uh, yeah i think as Tannehill goes this team goes and that's yep. you know um when we lost in those playoff games it's because derrick henry wasn't able to be derrick henry but Tannehill wasn't able to step up and even though you know against the bills and the chiefs he wasn't like exemplary and against the Colts, you know he threw a pick here and there like he still led that team and and really was the driving force behind those wins. I think. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's the thing is I feel like I feel like how we were we're so used to seeing Derek get going late that Tannehill's kind of started to kind of get going late, and I think it's helped a lot because AJ is starting mm-hmm. to realize I know I have Julio Jones on this team, but I can ball. So he's starting to kind of ball out. He's starting to kind of get a little bit more swag, a little bit more confidence. Feels good. No more Chipotle in his ass. So Maybe this is a good cleanse. You know, they, yeah. everybody, yeah. all the health nuts are all about the cleanses. Maybe you just need to yeah. you know, sit on the can, sit on the can a couple nights after Chipotle, get you feeling right. Yeah, I mean. It, we need to that. do like a, a, a stat split of before Chipotle and after Chipotle. Because it's a pretty stark difference. And I don't yep. want to give credit 
to you know give credit to the Rhea necessarily, but it's some something changed with him. So maybe he just needed to get some bad juju out, you know, and yeah. Chipotle helped him. I mean, listen, I mean, raking highs in PFF. I mean, doing his thing over hundred over hundred yards, got his keys. Like, I mean, they can't can't stop him on third down. Like he's literally toe drag swag. Like he's doing it all now. He's finally yeah. there. And I think that the better AJ plays, the more it's gonna make it. It's the more when Julio gets to where we're like, listen, we're gonna take you off the leash. He's gonna be like, all right, all right, young blood. Like, let me show you because you don't think that those two don't have a little bit of friendly. Because I know how I am with people that I'm friends with when it comes to stuff yeah. that we might compete in. You don't think he's going to be like, all right, let me show you a little something, young blood. Like, if you don't think he's going to show up and make some kind of – not that he already has shown flashes of what it is he might be able to do. There's yeah. some things that he's able to do where I'm like, I don't know if AJ would have even attempted to even try to do that because his, like, game IQ. Like, Julio's game IQ put him in a position where he's like, oh, I'm going to try to catch this even though it bounced off that guy's helmet and it's going out of yeah. bounds. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get it anyway. And, like, that kind of stuff – shows like what he can do so if if we're ever able to get if we can if we're able if we're in a position where we can get like julio to where he's just like man you know what i got no pain whatsoever it's gonna be dangerous like i'm telling you it's gonna be dangerous and i'm and so i'm glad that we're on the same page to where i'm kind of like this situation's rough but I'm not as nervous as I would be if it was Tannehill out for the season. Like I'm not like, yeah. it, like and I Derek Henry, I feel like is the best player in the league that's not a quarterback. But when it comes to how a team flows, you have to have a quarterback that kind of can lead the charge, make those throws and kind of get things going. And against the Chiefs, man, there's nobody that like Tannehill owned that game. If you had to pick an MVP of just that game, Tannehill was throwing absolute dots in that game. Oh, yeah. So, like, so, yeah. Well, so they like, well, that's the other thing, too. It's like, look at, you know, like I said, he's had some struggles, but look who he's been throwing to. And and once he started, you know, once AJ got going, like, because I think Tannehill, I mean, is he like seventh in the league in passing yards? I think someone tweeted that out. Let me look real quick. Um, he, he does, he's like been throwing it a sneaky amount. Um, let's see. He's eighth, eighth in passing yards. So he's, he's got 2000 already. Um, you know, we don't see too many 4,000 yard passers in in Tennessee. Um, and it doesn't really feel like he's like, if you were to ask me, I would have guessed he was like 15th in the league. Um, but you know, he hasn't, He's still, you know, 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions, not ideal. But he's just a gamer, man, and he makes plays, and his timing is always great, and he's he's always been clutch. So just keep him healthy. Offensive line has been better lately, but I am, I'm worried about – I'm worried about Donald because he's a QB wrecker. So I know. let's just – let's just hope he survives this week. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so going into the coach game, what were some things in that game that kind of, kind of shocked you or kind of put you like, that you saw that were kind of like inspiring and some things that you saw in there that were, um, kind of unexpected. Let's see. Um, inspiring. I think kind of what we had talked about earlier is that. There were it was just a weird game in general, and they had some swings that went their way. You know, when Molden got that touchdown, right? Um, I was like, Oh, it's over, and then they came right back down and had the you know, Kevin Byer probably had the worst play he's had all season with that pass interference. And I don't know about you, but as a Titans fan, when that kind of stuff has happened to you so much, I was, I was like, was immediately like, Oh boy. This is like shaping up for an all-time yep. letdown. Here we go. After what? I, after thinking like thirty seconds ago that we had it in the bag, um, but this team just keeps fighting, and so I think that's what I'm encouraged by. Is going forward, you lose the biggest, you know, probably the heart and soul of your team, and but they've shown that they're such fighters that you know 
don't I, I don't want you to sit anybody. I want you to I want that one seed. And I think, you know, they don't have an overly tough schedule after the Rams. You know, they've gotten the hardest guys out of the way. This team just keeps fighting. They keep trying. They don't they don't give up. So I think that's what I'm encouraged by. And you know, that that was never a problem, you know, with them giving up under Vrabel. Like Vrabel teams have always fought hard, but they seem like they're closing out games better than they have. Um, they've won a lot of close ones and, and, you know, taking care of teams better than them. Um, and outside of the jets, you know, and I, I guess the jets are just, you know, top tier killers taking down the Bengals last they week. They really so are. They really are. That made me feel a little bit better. Yep. Um, but they've really taken care of business. And even that was an overtime game. So uh, I'm encouraged by the fight I've seen out of this team. Uh, something I'm a little worried about was just the penalties though. You know, we kind of talked about that. Um, if you are going in the Tannehill turnovers, I guess you can say too, if you're going to lose Henry, you know, the margin for error becomes even thinner. Um, you really can't turn the ball over. You can't have dumb penalties. I mean, I felt like there was a penalty. I mean, it went both ways. It wasn't just on the Titans, but I feel like there was a penalty like every other call and it wasn't just minor stuff. It was always something big. So they really need to cut down on that. I feel like the team has been unusually uh, undisciplined. Undisciplined, very undisciplined. Yeah, and Vrabel teams are usually good about that. Yeah, so I would say I... just going forward, like they have to play clean games. Um, they're not going to have Henry to fall back on if they fall behind. So can't turn the ball over. I mean, Tannehill's inter- – I mean – you could probably say that the Titans even probably outplayed the Colts in the first half on the whole. It really just came down to one long Colts drive and a really quick interception by Tannehill that gave them the ball at the seven yard line. And you're, right. You know, it's 14, nothing right out of the gate. You can't do that against the Rams and you can't do that when you don't have Henry. So I think they really just need to clean it up, cut down on the turnovers um, if they want to be successful in, in this post post Henry life. Yeah, there was um, there was a there was a lot of opportunities in there where I feel like the undisciplined part comes from the fact that where they're having to have so many different rotations in. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have to kind of change up your rotation and your personnel so much, uh, you get a lot of uh, you. It gets a little sloppy, and I think that yeah. that's what we're kind of running into. So I think that if we can clean that up a little bit and kind of get more of a rotation, because what you usually would like to have is you'd like to have like a, you'd like to have a rotation that's kind of in on pass situations. You want a heavy rotation there for whenever on short down situations, kind of like the offense would have, like when they run like a goal line or they want to run a, they want to run an empty, like you have personnel for that. I think that what ends up happening is, is there's a lot of different pieces that are having to go into all those personnel now that aren't supposed to be in there, or aren't used to it, don't know what's really what's going on. And in, the, in your head, as a player, you're just like, do I know exactly what this play is? Like, what am I supposed to do? What's my assignment? And then you're like, oh, did somebody say, hike, hike, oh, oh, false start. Yep. Or they're like, oh, my God, like, oh, oh, snap. They hiked the ball. Like, oh, let me hold this receiver. Uh, the Colts are the, the Colts are the kings of getting the deep pass interference. The pass interference is so frustrating because of the fact that we know that if if our receivers just turn their heads around, we probably could stop some of those, and they're not going to call them. But um, Carson Wentz, to his credit, though he underthrows those deep passes like that, and it looks like he throws a great short ball. Yeah, yeah, it looks like like it's on purpose to 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 like get those. But I um I I think that uh, I think that. As long as it, once those players that aren't used to being in the personnel get a little bit more used to getting snaps and getting in the game and getting reps, that they uh, they'll eliminate a lot of those mistakes and that'll help a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, they just and we've said this. They just need to get healthy. And um, I saw a chart today and it was like showing um, all the NFL teams by like games lost by due to injury from their players and like the titans were so far ahead of everyone else which really like i mean i won't say we don't talk about because we talk about how injured they are all the time but it's so crazy that they've been able to overcome it's not just a couple injuries it's like major guys banged up 
bringing on practice squatters out of nowhere and still beating really good teams. Like it's pretty unprecedented what they're doing right now. And so now they're facing the ultimate test with Derrick Henry being out. um, Yeah. If they can just get healthy, get, you know, Chris Jackson, I think has been really good this year. Getting him back is good. So once you get Fulton and, you know, Jack rabbit was, was getting dogged on to start the season, he's starting to put together some good games. Um, I think he's starting to get a feel for this defense and coming around there. So, like, get Fulton back and have those three as your top top three uh, cornerbacks. And Molden, I think, is a good situational guy. And then you got three good safeties. I, I keep talking about, you know, the ceiling of this team. Yep. Um, it really is just a bummer that I feel like as, we're, as we were finally moving towards, like, realizing our potential, took away, like, our biggest weapon of all. Oh, it's yeah. It's really just a kick, oh, kick yeah. in the beans. I want to. I, I wish that there was a way for me to just type it in somewhere and be like, "How many number one like how many like number one ranked teams in the AFC during the season ever have not been in the top ten of power rankings?" Because that'd be us. Like, yeah, that's where we are. Like, and it sucks because I know that we're a smaller market and stuff like that. But it's like, man, how many times do we have to kind of everybody pitches to lose against the Bills? We lose. Everybody faces the list against the, uh, the uh, Chiefs. We win. Like, I, I mean, we win all these games. We beat the Bills. We beat the Chiefs. We still don't get any respect out of it. We beat the Colts. We lose one of our biggest players. And now, now we want to get some attention where they're like, oh, I'm trying, I'm, hey, listen, yeah. it's over. It's over. And like, it's over. <laughs> I'm like, golly, man. Like, you guys absolutely kill me. But when we win, if we win on Sunday, it could be like, Oh, what's going on with the Rams? Like, oh, Matt Stafford, yeah. Matt Stafford being Matt Stafford, he just tried to mm-hmm. me. I'm like, you guys, you guys have to be kidding me. But at the same time, it's what you're kind of used to. Like, you're gonna run yeah. it. It's the same thing. It's just, it's just, it's it just gets old eventually. Where you just, but this, the culture that we have here, is one to where I think that it's starting to become a winning culture. And for me personally. And I don't know if anybody else has thought about this. I want to see how this goes because I want to see if we eventually we're going to have to start thinking about drafting the quarterback to kind of develop. And I want to see how we kind of develop because I want to see what the future is going to look like because our window is going to shut. So I want to see exactly how they kind of, I want to see if they're building a culture to where we're going to be able to kind of have like the Patriot S culture, or we're going to mm. end up like, yeah, those the Chiefs because they had the shortest freaking dynasty ever. It, you can't even, the fact that people are trying to call that a mini dynasty mm. drives me nuts. It's not like they yeah. they won the Super Bowl. They made it. They, I get that they made it to those Super Bowls back like back to back all that stuff. But they're no like that's not a thing. They should have lost to the Giants on Monday. Like, they got bailed out because, it's like, if you give them that – you give the Giants an interception, it's over. But I want to see what kind of culture we're going to build here. So, a little a little adversity doesn't bother me. Yeah. Well, I think that's – a lot of people rag on Vrabel, which I still don't understand. Like, you know, yeah, he, he's a dick in his press conferences. I get it. But – at this point, you just have to understand he does not want to be there. Like he is being forced to give these press conferences and he's not going to give us any information, but I think it's pretty clear that the team buys into him and he is a player's coach and knows how to lead men. Like, I think at the very least people should accept that. And I mean, he's like got a 600 winning percentage right now. Like he's like, He's going to – if he keeps up at this pace, like he's going to catch up to like Jeff Fisher pretty quickly in terms of wins and yep. success rate here. And yet people still rag on him all the time. As soon as one little thing goes wrong, and you know, I, I get part of that is just Twitter in general. But like what does the dude have to do more than what he's – I mean, I guess win a Super Bowl, really, which – all right, fair. But I, I think, you know, like I said, it's just crazy that this team is – is doing what they're doing with the amount of injuries that they've had. And I don't, I don't think they're going to roll over for the, for the Rams. I think they're going to come to play. I think it'll be a competitive game. You know, they're going to have to work through some stuff and the Rams are a tough team. So we can't be too bummed if we lose on the road after losing one of our best players, but 
Man, I, I, I think that's what I like most about this team when you talk about culture is that they're always fighting and they're always um, going to a game with a chance to win no matter no matter what they're up against. Because, like, most teams lose their best player and go on the road against one of the best teams in the NFL. Like, oh, well, this is over. But with the Titans, I'm like, who knows? This is the kind of game that they love to play. It's in prime time, you know, backs against the wall. Everybody's counting them out that's when they perform best. So I, I wish other Titans fans would realize that. And I was kind of disappointed to see how many, not even just against the Rams, but said, Oh, season's over. I'm like, no, yeah. it's not. No, it's not. Just even if Henry doesn't in. come back, it's not over. Like, come on. Just shift it in, man. Like, and that's the thing. That's, that's what drives me crazy. I'm like, dude, like you still got to realize that what you have. So you bring in AP, you bring in AD, AP, whatever. You bring you bring in AD, and he is he's going to be able to kind of he's going to be able to keep the defense honest enough, and you're gonna eventually you're gonna be in a position if we're able to be blessed enough to be patient enough to let Julio Jones kind of just continue to mm-hmm. rest, practice, and get healthier and healthier and healthier to get him AJ. Uh, you get Pruitt. First girl, all kind of rolling. Even Westbrook, the way he's been playing, and don't forget about your defense, which has to be the most improved defense in franchise history year to year. Like never, yeah. ever has it been like as improved as it has been now. So I mean, you got to think about that. All those things added up, and right now, the teams that you would think would be running away with it, they all got flaws. Like they all got yeah. the chief. The Chiefs are vulnerable. We've already beat the Bills. We've seen what that looks like. Baltimore, they got their ups and downs. Cleveland's a freaking dumpster fire right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on. So you got to you gotta kind of keep your head in the game because there's a lot of opportunities in there to kind of get you where you need to be. The Bengals, the Bengals might have the most solidarity right now, but they still have a young quarterback. So you never know what could happen if you get a chance to get in there and play them. And we owe them a game. We're looking for revenge. Uh, that yeah. game cost that game cost me a ball of wood for reserve and about thirty bucks. So I'm I'm looking <laughs> to win that game, but there's a lot of opportunity in there, man. Like, and to to me, this is the first year ever where I'm more concerned about the team that we would uh, if we were to make it to the Super Bowl. Knock on wood. If we made it to the Super Bowl, I'm more concerned about the team we would play in the NFC than I am the teams that we would meet in the AFC. The NFC yeah. has a lot more firepower and they're a lot more solid than the AFC right now. I don't the Cowboys, the Rams, Tampa Bay, um who else who am I missing? Did you say did you say Dallas already? Yeah. Dallas, the Rams, the Cowboys, uh no, I said Dallas Cowboys, the Rams, um oh Cardinals. Cardinals. That's it. That's what I said. I mean, so I mean, running into all and Packers. Those, we didn't even talk about oh Packers. Oh my god, if, I forgot about that. Yeah. I, well, if, I didn't even mention if him. He ever comes I, back. I didn't want to mention him because <laughs> I'm I, like right now. I'm mad at Aaron Rodgers because he over here being sneaky with his vocabulary out here. Uh, you can tell he's been a Jeopardy host. He's out here like, uh, what yeah. is what is immunized for two hundred? Like, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, but whatever. But I mean, so yeah, you got all those teams that are able to kind of do crazy stuff, and they're strong. So we got a lot of we got a we got a it's a, a very very tough road to a Super Bowl for any team. If I was a part of any fan base, if we were doing this podcast and we were like, "Hey, this is a Cardinals podcast," I'd be like, "Man, I'm scared of the Rams and the Packers right now, the Cowboys." If this was a Chargers podcast, I'd be like, "Man, I'm scared of the uh, Baltimore Ravens, Tennessee Titans, and Buffalo Bills right now." Like there, there's no team that feels super yeah. comfortable trying to get to the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, I think it's the only fan, pay, fan base is just like, at the end of the day, we got the GOAT, and I understand that. Right. The Even GOAT, they lost to Trevor Simeon last week. Right. So there's no, team, there's no team right now that's just like, oh, we got a good road. Like, everybody's like, oh, it's, this is going to be a – that's why it's the biggest NFL season ever. And I think as a fan, I'm super pumped about it. As a mm-hmm. super fan of the Titans, I'm like, oh boy, we gotta, we gotta make this happen. Yeah, I'm, I, th- I feel like there's more parity this year than there has been in a long time. 
Um, like it really could go so many different ways. And I feel like, you know, outside of maybe the Texans and the Jaguars, which were benefit, you know, luckily have her in our division, like it really has been any given Sunday. I'm in a survivor league and I can't remember a time when I'm like, you know, second guessing myself more about taking picks. Um, just cause like, it really is like, it feels like anybody can be at anybody right now. And there's the gap between the best teams and the worst teams. I feel like is slimmer than it has been in the past, but we'll see. Yeah. Bottom line. Don't give up against the Rams Titans fans. I mean, they're really good. You know, I think the number four in DVOA, awesome defense. It'll be, I'm looking forward to seeing uh Ramsey and, and AJ go at it. Um, cause I didn't realize they really only had one game. I think when AJ was uh, only one game, against each other before he got traded. Mm. Uh, so, so that'll be fun to see, but it, it's going to be a tough matchup, but you know, uh, the Titans always come to play. If you want to get, like I, I said a long time ago, that this game was the one that made me nervous. I had no idea it was going to make me nervous because we weren't going to have Derrick Henry, but it does make me nervous because I want to see how we compete because I thought that this was going to be the best team that we were mm. going to play this season. Yeah. So I want to see us compete. Imagine us competing and putting ourselves in a position to where we got a shot in this game without Derek Henry in it. So you got to think about that as a fan. Imagine us going in here and being in a position where, like, oh, man, we were one possession away from winning that game. We didn't even have Derek Henry. And then Lord help you. Lord help us if we win the game. Because Titan Twitter obviously be oh, – they'll be beside themselves. I might have to log out. But uh, I – like. You, that's what you want to see. You want to see how they compete in that kind of in that kind of situation. Yeah, and I'm like even less stressed. I feel like because it's kind of like one of those situations where you got nothing to lose, right? Like everybody's counting you out. Everybody's like on to the next game. Let's sit it out. Like you know, if if you lose, it's understandable. So I'm kind of like, man, let's just go and ball out. But what do you got to lose? Pull out all the pull out all the tricks. So go we'll it. see. You got some stats for us. I got one or two. Um, so, you know, we've been talking a lot about um, Derrick Henry and how defenses react to him and how how his absence is going to change what we like to do and what how defenses are going to plan for us. So um, this one's from PFF. So A.J. Brown um, has 561 receiving yards against eight-man boxes over the last two seasons which is more than any other player. Um, he averages 4.2 yards per route run against eight men in the box compared to 2.18 against seven or fewer in the box. So that'll be something interesting to watch. You know, we talked about will teams stack the box if we have, you know, Adrian and, and Foreman in there. That's part of what may, has made AJ so successful is, you know, um, getting eight men in the box has allowed – you know, if it's art or downing to drop, you know, those crossers and get him in mismatches against some of the roving linebackers where, you know, he catches it and just racks up that yak. So it'll be interesting to see outside of the eight man box, you know, if, if teams aren't stacking the box, like they used to, what this offense is going to look like, you know, will AJ be as effective? Is he going to play a different kind of role than he has in the past? Um, that's just one of the reasons why it'll be really interesting to see which, which direction this offense goes, uh, without Henry. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, that's, um, which is, it's, it's crazy to me because you feel like that his, his yards that he would have to run, like, cause a lot of his passes are right there in the middle of the field. So you think he'd be able to hit those quick slants, but what scares me the most is those linebackers that are right there in the middle that he's able to kind of get like a little bit of a matchup on to where he can kind of catch it. And then like that linebacker is not going to be able to stay with AJ Brown at all. So if he catches it, yeah, it's Jack all day, but those linebackers are not going to commit to running up to the line of scrimmage when you don't have a Henry in there mm-hmm. on the play action. So I'm curious to see if they, if they like stay at home a little bit, they might be at a little bit of an issue. And then if, if they do, Tannehill's got to be smart enough to know, okay, uh, that's not there. So I'm not going to force it in because he if, if he thinks that it's just an automatic read and forces it in, then um, there's going to be some Rams linebacker whose name I don't know at all because like, I don't know any of their linebackers is going to get a pick. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it's it'll be really interesting to see what the defense, what the Rams come out because you know they have they have a, a solid defense. So, like you had said this earlier, you, you know when for better or for worse, the Titans came out and you pretty much knew what they were going to do, right? They're going to run the ball and do play action. If you're the Rams, are you assuming like that's what they're going to do again and that's how you game plan? Or do you have like a couple different scenarios that you're preparing for? I'm, I'm assuming that they're thinking that the Titans aren't going to switch up their offense that much over the course of the week, which is probably right. So maybe they do continue to stack the box more, which might end up playing into what the Titans like to do because it can kind of help us wean ourselves off of the Henry offense. But it's the game's going to be kind of a, a big question mark, and I feel like some weird stuff could happen um, just for, you know, we're trying – might be trying out a new offense and, and uh, the Rams might not know exactly how to prepare for it. So we'll see how that goes. The, um, the unexpected, the unexpected in this game would give us the benefit for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, just some quick stats to like highlight how good of an offense we're gonna, you know, go go up against. Stafford oh. has been such a difference maker for the for the Rams. You know, they're averaging thirty point six points per game, uh, which is fifth best in the league, and it's a full touchdown better than they were doing last year um, with Goff under center where they were like 23rd in points per game. Uh, they're averaging 50 passing yards more per game than they did last year. And Stafford is second in passing touchdowns. He already has 22. Um, and, you know, I already said, how, you know, Cooper Cup is he's – on, he's on pace to pass Calvin Johnson, which is one of the most hilarious mismatches. Like, you, you've got Megatron, and then you've got Cooper Cup, who's like from, what, Eastern Washington or something? Yeah, yeah. But he's got – I mean, he's got 63 catches, 924 yards already, and 10 touchdowns. Like, I I haven't really heard much on whether or not Christian Fulton is coming back, but this would be a great game to get him back. Um, Because, you know, we we were able to shut down Tyreek Hill and everything. Um, But it doesn't seem like anybody has been able to stop Cooper Cup this year. But I feel like that the way that he he runs routes and they're so – they're like so unconventional – like he's mm-hmm. able to kind of get open because he's like he finds like holes, and then whenever you think he's about to stop on a route, he does some weird like way to find a pocket, and then it's like touchdown. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, golly, yeah. man. So that's all. That's all, Cooper, man. He's a he's technician. Just, he is definitely a route. He's a route tech for sure. Like not does not get the respect that he deserves yet for some reason though. I, I feel like they talk about him like he's great, but I mean he's been unbelievable. But. We'll see. Well, it'd be great to have Fulton back back in that game to kind of slow that down a little bit. But he's ridiculous, ridiculous. But um, yeah. no. So well, that's all I got. So yeah. I think yeah. it, it'll be it'll be a tough game. I mean, like I said, um, they they have an excellent offense and they are ninth in DVOA in terms of defense. Um, you know, they're top ten in terms of pass DVOA. They're eighteenth in rush DVOA. So maybe. Who knows? Maybe we do see a little bit of a um, an, a Peterson breakout. Um, man, I, I can't imagine how electric that would be if he goes for a hundred. And his, his I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, hey, like, oh my god, I, our fan base would get, we get a life back, and then mm-hmm. the next, like, whenever we we get the Saints, when we get the Saints and we play them at home, like, they're not gonna be ready for the crowd whenever AP comes out. Like the the like the amount of energy that that crowd's gonna have, whoo wait, like yeah. it'll be crazy, crazy. Well, I'm gonna go into my two minute warning. Here's what I think needs to happen for us to win this game. I would say a, there has to be some sort of consistency in the offense in order for us to kind of do what we need to do. Is it is if we want to win the game, it can't be the game where we try to figure out what our new identity is going to be while Henry's out. It's just, it just won't work unless they have little wrinkles in it. They need to be find a way to keep the defense honest by knowing that we're going to be able to have some kind of threat in the run game. So hopefully AD, AP, AD, whatever you want to be called in shape, AP all day as the rap goes. Hopefully he's in shape. Uh, number two, I don't know what kind of defense needs to be run to kind of stop Cooper Cup from being able to get so wide open. 
but we need to figure it out because Cooper is absolutely finding ways to make defenses look ridiculous. You can't, you really can't man him, and that's kind of tough because I know we like to man a lot. But we have to find a way to slow that, slow him down a little bit, and be super careful in the red zone because he's going to run some kind of stuff that's going to put you in a spin zone, and he's going to be wide open. Um, there's a, a lot of bets going to be taken on him to score a touchdown in this game, so go ahead and get ready for that. Uh, three, Ryan Tannehill, it is your time to actually absolutely show that you're more than just a game manager. You have to show up in this game find your open man and be able to kind of put some points on the board for Tennessee in order to win this game. I don't know what my score prediction would be for this game. It may be one of those wonky games because we're due, but I need Tannehill to be sure that he does what he needs to do and don't make mistakes. If we win the turnover battle, we can win this game. That's what yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I definitely think, like I said, margin for error, is going to be thin with no Henry. Um, and they they haven't always – when they, when they fall in behind, they're usually good about sticking with Henry and, like, sticking to what their offense is. So it'll be interesting to see if they fall behind, do they fall apart because they don't have that to fall back on or do they keep it rolling? So who knows? Just may, maybe the best way to, to avoid that is just get out to an early lead and – let yeah. let AD just keep running it down their throats. So yep. we'll see. Yep. All right. So what do you think? Score prediction. Um if I'm I'm gonna maybe I'm doing this because every time I picked against the Titans, they end up winning. So yep. I'll say that the Rams at home with the amount of firepower they have and the Titans just kind of they're gonna be finding their footing. So I, I bet they'll it'll be hard fought. But like uh, 28-21 Rams. 28-21 Rams. I would say hmm, I'll go 30-21 Rams. All right. So basically we just guaranteed the Titans win. Good job, Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, two picks so, against them. They, Fable, Fable's listening right now. Is gonna. Set I know. Up I know. We're never gonna be able to be on the sideline for a Titans game. I understand. No. But, but, well, no. I think everybody that actually listens to this will respect the fact that I think that we may struggle in this game. I think we take the Saints, and then I think that we have a stretch of games that we have a chance to really. But if we find a way to get the Rams game, then it's hell on wheels the rest of the fucking season. And I'm mm. super pumped about what we might be able to make happen the rest of the season. But we got a really tough game that we're going to get. San Francisco game is kind of up in there, too. That might be a little tough one. But I think that I think that this, this is a game that I've had circled. So we find a way yeah. to pull this one out. Then I think it puts us in a really tough. It puts in a really good spot, not tough spot, good spot, to where we can kind of make some noise. Especially, the, it, it all depends on what our game plan is and how we're able to kind of work on offense. I, the thing we were worried about the most going in this season was the defense, baby, and they've been balling. So, yeah. uh, if, if everything's going right, if, Ke- if Kevin Byer got new contacts, all of a sudden he can see the ball, he pick it, he getting interceptions again, like. I mean, we're getting we're getting pressure on the quarterback. Like Landry's trying to make sure that he retires the Titan. He's about to get a fat contract. Like I mean, so it's all about making sure that we're doing the right things. And we yeah. if we if we pull this out, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I just want to see my team go deep. I what I want to see what I want to see them do is I want to see them do what they need to do so that Henry can rest without thinking that he needs to force it back. Hmm. Because yeah, that's that's and that's what I was saying too. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want him to feel like he has to come back in week sixteen or seventeen to get us into the playoffs. Like, take care of business. Like, looking at the schedule, I mean, after the Rams, it goes Saints, Texans, Patriots, Jags, Steelers, Niners, Dolphins, Texans. Actually, I think the Patriots have been sneaky good lately. I don't know if they, you've been watching. The Patriots, they, the Patriots are good. We might we might lose that game. That and that that'll be a tough one at Foxborough. 
But outside of that, I mean, I'm not scared of the Steelers. I think Big Ben is a bit washed. Niners are, are weird this year too. Dolphins, I mean, the Titans could could go on a run, you know. So this game will be telling, you know, even if we don't win, I just want to see them go out there compete. And if they do win, you know, we, we talk about not respect from the national media and we're never probably going to get as much as we deserve. But if we beat the Rams without Henry, there's people can't ignore the Titans anymore. If we beat the Rams, they'll give us respect because we beat a team from LA because it's a big market. Yeah. And we'll yeah. get we'll get some love. We yeah, we Buffalo, can't. Kansas City, nah. Yeah, they're nah. not giving us love for that. We gotta be we need to be the LA team. We beat the LA yeah. team. Whoop. If we would have beat the if we believe it or not, if we would have beat if we would have rolled over the Jets because it's a New York market, there would have been so much on it that we would have got a little bit more love. Yeah. If we beat we go up and beat the Patriots because it's not a big market, but because they're the Patriots, they would get a lot of love. Yeah. All right. So it's just all about taking care of business, man. But we're gonna we're gonna see what happens this week. We got a big week ahead of us. But that's all I got. So um, wherever you guys listen to the podcast, make sure you go on here, give us five stars, um, leave a review, make sure you subscribe. Uh, this is a big week for a lot of Titans fans. So I, what I want you all to do is I want you to kind of keep the faith a little bit, stay positive and know that this team is going to come out here. They're going to compete. There, there's no sitting. There's no resting. That's not what we do here. We're, we're Nashville. We're stronger than that. And we're going to go out here and we're going to try to get some stuff done, but it's going to be a big week. Hope, we'll, me and Nick will be back. We're going to be in here next week, and hopefully we're going to be saying that we pulled out something that um, looks good, and it looks not just on paper, but we go out here, we execute, and uh, Vrabel has a game plan to kind of keep this thing going. But like I said, man, Tannehill, it's on you now, baby. So until next time, tighten up. Tighten up.